Untitled Beatles podcast. John Lennon shaved fish. Did we slate in the last one? Okay. We did. Okay. Oh, yeah. We did. Three, two, one. Untitled Beatles podcast. I forget sometimes if we slated or not. We slated. Oh, yeah. Are you a worrier or are you a hurrier? Um. <laughs> well, Payton said, don't worry, we're in no hurry. Don't worry. We're in no hurry. We're in no hurry. I am more of a worrier. Okay. For sure. For sure. What about you? Well, school's out. What did you expect? <laughs> what did you expect? I'm not a pavement like diehard by any means, but I l- really like them, and Range Life is one of my top five favorite songs of the 90s. Yeah, that is a good one. I just love it. That was the one that really hooked me in. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm definitely into these guys. <laughs> yeah. I love what they're saying. I love how they're saying it. Yeah. And in theory, that song was a, a character. It was like a country character who didn't get the MTV bands or whatever. But, you know, it got turned into a whole thing. <laughs> well, I love, because what does he say about Smashing Pumpkins? Nature kids. Yeah. N- nature kids. They don't serve no yeah. function. I, I don't understand <laughs> what they mean. And I could really give a fuck. <laughs> I remember yeah. being like 20 and being like, I am I'm in love with what they're saying. <laughs> Me too. I was the same age. Yeah. Because I think I heard that in 95, I think. Okay. Uh, came out in 94. Yeah. <laughs> Well, welcome to the Untitled Pavement Podcast. Untitled Pavement Podcast. <laughs> I'm TJ. And I'm out on tour with the Smashing Pumpkins. I'm, I'm Tony. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, let's, what should we, okay. Uh, well, welcome to the Untitled Beatles Podcast. I'm Tony. And I'm Collectible TJ. Collectible TJ. Ooh. Yeah. What does that mean? That means that we can collect, like, are you a paper doll? Are we collecting outfits that you're wearing? What is collectible TJ? Well, the album we're going to talk about today had a hype sticker on it that in, in initial pressing said collectible Lennon. That's so right. So I wear a sticker now that says collectible <laughs> TJ. <laughs> we have a great episode planned today because it's, it is the first official John Lennon compilation Maybe some people call it a greatest hits album, and I don't think it's a greatest hits album, right? Help me with what this album is. I think it is a greatest hits album because it's all his singles. This is the first John Lennon album I ever bought. My mom had Imagine, so I, I had Imagine and I listened to it. But the first John Lennon record I bought with my own money, I actually bought it on CD. I believe it was at Rose Records I bought this in the Burbs. And uh, it was Shaved Fish the John Lennon album, the first compilation and only compilation released during his lifetime. To me, I bought it because it had all the cool songs on it. To me, it was a greatest hits package. Yeah. Just so interesting. I guess greatest hits albums have changed through the years, but when you look at a greatest hits album that is missing so many songs, that's what vexes me about this is it's missing. Not that John Lennon, had a ton of material between 70 and 75, but like love isn't on here. Right. Love is wanting to be loved. Stand by me isn't on here. Stand by me. 
That would have been a brand new single at the time, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but still, I but you're mean, right. You're right. It was out. You're right. It was certainly out. You know, when you think about the album tracks on Imagine, like it's pretty paltry. What is it? Six songs inside one and five songs in a reprise inside two. I mean, it was it was essential because forever, certainly in the 80s, when this came out in CD, by the way, much like a lot of the early Capitol CDs, the original remaster of Shea Fish, the one that you have and I, I have as well from, I think, 87, right. is mastered so terribly. Hmm. The songs are low. Instant Karma sounds kind of bad. Uh, it wasn't until they really started cleaning this up. A, a little better on the Lennon collection when it reverted to Capitol's hands for the CD. But yeah, I mean, this album kind of became unnecessary in 1982 when John Lennon collection came out, wouldn't you say? I Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And I'm trying to think then like in 1988, that probably would have been or maybe 89 whenever I bought Shave Fish. Like, why didn't I get John Lennon collection? Either A, it was more expensive. B, it wasn't in stock. Or C, most probably the reason is because I think I liked the cover art better <laughs> on Shaved Fish yeah. than collection. Is that Annie Leibovitz who took the shot of just John sitting on his couch? I think so, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, to me, I, I just liked, I liked illustrations over a photograph or whatever. To me, a photograph is like, too easy or something Christ, you know it easy. Yeah, anybody can take a picture draw me something <laughs> not, not not to be little photographers i'm just <laughs> what tony's saying is take the pulitzer away from every photographer who's wanted um no but it's true the illustrations are great there it's there's double interesting yeah doubly offensive is the picture of the woman's ass next to woman is the of the world right that's right. a little offensive well, I don't know. It is just a body, right? We all have them. You keep it <laughs> under wraps. <laughs> I agree, but the picture of mother that's always kind of haunted me is John Lennon dressed as a mother in a chair <laughs> while he's looking at a picture of actual John Lennon in tears. Yeah, like, that I don't one need is, that. That one is, yeah, the illustrations were done by Michael Bryan. And the art director was Roy Kahara on this. Yeah. Who did a lot of Beatles-related art direction for a lot of the Beatles reissues. Roy Kahara. Roy Kahara might have done the rock and roll music cover. Ah, yeah. That explains it. I mean, it's very kind of an interesting 70s style cover. Yeah, I think I was just more drawn to those pictures. And yeah, that mother one is, I think, the weirdest one. Because it looks like Whistler's mother, the famous painting. But it's John Lennon. It's pretty funny. Whistler's Mother is the theme to the Andy Griffith show. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Mother, you had me, but I never had you. Well, it should be noted that we're doing this episode because this weekend, John Lennon, were he still alive, would have turned 82. It's John Lennon's birthday. Wait a minute. Do you see the movie yesterday? I thought he is alive as a weird <laughs> philosophical fisherman. Yeah. I, you know, everything turned out just fab, I think, for him. Well, turned out fab. <laughs> there were complications, young Jack. Loss and gain. Prejudice and pride. But it all turned out just fab. But yeah, so happy birthday, John. Happy birthday, John. I like this record. I think it's great. I think it's a great uh, listen, with the exception of maybe one or two songs. You know, when it was released, 
in the UK, the UK had not released Imagine as a single. That's right. And so they put out a single in the UK and it got up to number six in 75. So this was originally released October 20th, 1975 or the 24th in the UK. It got up to number eight in the UK and number 12 in the States. So it did pretty well for a compilation record. Yeah, the one of the things I learned in a book we talk about a ton, The Beatles on Record by Mark Walgrim, all four Beatles had greatest hits albums within about a year. And none of them did really well on the charts. I mean, this clocked in at number 12. Ringo's Bless When Your Past came out the following month. All the hits he had, that clocked in number 30. You know, you flash forward a year, November of 76, the George compilation, Best of George Harrison, side one of which is all Beatles songs, controversially. Apparently mm. that upset George quite a bit. That, that only clocked in number 31. And Wings Greatest clocked in at 29. So the highest charting Beatles comp in a two-year span is this John Lennon, Shea Fish, and that was only number 12. You Given how 62 to 66 did on the charts, and yeah. of course 67 to 70, you'd think that a single disc greatest hits from a solo Beatle would chart higher than 12. That's weird to me. You would think. I mean, but there, we're also getting Venus and Mars. We're getting extra texture, right? Right. We're also being bombarded with new material from all these guys. Rock and Roll had just come out in February of 75. Yeah. So Wings at the Speed of Sound is only a few months later. That was what, spring of 76? You know, albums cost like $2.89. There's only so much, you know. <laughs> 3.89 for the stereo version. <laughs> There's only so much money we have in this day and age. Yeah. Gas prices are going up. <laughs> Even in the 70s, I was blaming Obama. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of material going out. And maybe after 62 to 66, 67 to 70, you know, maybe maybe that sated a lot of people, a lot of the casual Beatle people, you know? Yeah, the only thing I'm going to say about that, Tony, is so this is the first time one of the reasons it was called Collectible Lennon. So give Pete's a chance. First time on record, right? Because they did a live piece in Toronto, but it wasn't the same version. Right. Cold Turkey, first time on an album. Instant Karma, first time on an album. Power mm -hmm. to the People, first time on an album. Mother and Woman is the <laughs> were both on albums. Then Side 2 has got Imagine on an album, whatever. Uh, basically, Side 2 is all on an album, except for Happy um, Christmas, Happy Xmas. And then there's a quick reprise to get Piece of Chance. So what's weird is if people wanted these songs on a record, they had to buy this record to get them beyond 45s. That's mm -hmm. why you would have thought, like, this would have been a number one hit. And when John Lennon Collection came out, I believe it did way better. Although what's, what's flawed about the John Lennon Collection, which we'll get into in a separate pod, is it's like every John track from Double Fantasy. And while I love Double Fantasy, it's too heavily weighted toward the Geffen, yeah. the one Geffen album yeah. to the time they released it. And yeah. they licensed the Capital Masters for side one. But, you know, that's got Stand By Me on it. That's, it doesn't have, I, I'm pretty sure Lennon Collection does have Woman as the <laughs> on it. No, I don't think so. No, no. Well, I mean, the context here, yeah, let's, let's look at the background. Yep. Rock and Roll had just come out. And Lennon planned to actually work on new material, but Yoko became pregnant with Sean. And so he decided to just focus on that and put out a clip show, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with a mock show. <laughs> <laughs> clip 
Clipshow. Clipshow. And in, in Hamburg, we always see our clip show. So we give clips of our performances. <laughs> Here's a John quote about this record. When I went to look for the Cold Turkey Master tapes, nobody knew where they were. I had to use dubs of power to the people because the tapes were gone. Nobody could give a damn at the record companies. I thought if I don't put this package together, they will be lost forever. So what you're saying is what John was saying is we got the tapes. <laughs> I'm sure you'd like to be the first to know. We got the tapes. They definitely did not check all the loos uh, at, the, at the tube stations around London. <laughs> it's one of the great scenes when Paul says to Ringo, you don't go, you don't think Harry would do something crazy, do you? And Ringo goes, yes, I do. I mean, you don't think Harry would go and do a stupid thing like that, do you? Yes, I do. If I give Paul a note, if I meet Paul again, I'll say, Paul, I love Broad Street. Why wasn't Eleanor's dream longer? <laughs> could, could you go back and make that scene more Victorian interminable? <laughs> also of note, so we were talking about the quality of the CD and how it sounded shitty. Imagine hearing the first pressing of the CD, which came out in May of 1987, which was also sourced from the 45s. And it had like earlier fade outs and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. And it had like poor sound quality. So they remastered it and that came out in December of 87. I'm sure that's the copy I had. Well, we were talking about the cover art earlier. Uh, you yes, were. I was. <laughs> but uh, the font used in question is something called Bruce Makita. So let's take a little trip to Font Lover's Corner. Bruce Makita. A faux Chinese font from Bruce's type foundry dating back to 1867. Originally created by Julius Harriet Sr., it was known as Bruce's ornamented number 1048. In the mid-50s, the type founders of Phoenix renamed it Makita, and a decade or so later, it became known as Bruce Makita. Some people joke that they call me Bruce Makita. <laughs> Thank you for visiting Font Lover's Corner. Bruce Makita's my favorite Blackhawk. <laughs> MLC chord. <laughs> Fuck you, Eddie Belfour. <laughs> no way, I didn't ever say this. <laughs> so there is no Bruce Makita. What? There's no Bruce Makita. Okay. It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. But I like how uh, the cover art looks like adverts for shaved fish, which, by the way, is. Uh, the album title Shave Fish comes from a Japanese food, katsubushi. I think I'm saying that right. It's a type of dried fish, also known as Benito Flakes. That's what we used to call Benito Santiago, former Cubs catcher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when he had a pass ball, Benito Flakes. <laughs> Benito Flakes. Uh, we also, shaved fish is what they call when they issue um, live fish albums, and they reduce Reba from 18 minutes to 13 minutes. That's called shaved fish. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Got a bag it, tag it, and sell it to the butcher in the store. Uh, oh, yeah. And then the inner sleeve's got some lyrics, I believe, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I don't read. But if I did, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's got the lyrics, and right away, before you play the record, you get a piece of chance. It's the short version to get a piece of chance. That's something that's so fucking weird about this. There's a ton of room in the grooves here. This is my 78 Purple Capital pressing. Nice. And I mean, it's only, you know, only five songs on the first side, but Give Peace a Chance flows into Cold Turkey in a kind of a movie medley way. It's a little weird. They have it listed as one. I'm forgetting if it's like this in the CD, but on the record, track one is a medley of Give Peace a Chance and Cold Turkey. They're not separate bands. They're not separate tracks. And it's a very short version of Give Peace a Chance, which also then closes the album for a snippet. That's weird. Why not put the whole single on? You know, it is. You're right. It is weird. But honestly, I don't mind this because give peace a chance. It's 57 seconds. I'm going to be frank as a John fan. That's all I need. <laughs> that's that's all. Congratulations. I need. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like light my fire. You know, I used to be one of those guys that was like if they played the radio edit of light my fire, you know, on the radio, I'd be like, oh, blasphemy. But now I'm like, you know what? I get it. And I've heard I've heard the album, the seven minute version enough where it's like, OK, please play me that edit. I, I do have things to do sometimes. opened up get ready for a 28 minute detour what's Uh-oh. your least favorite radio edit least favorite radio edit or a uh, handful of them do you have any i can think of like I, I think the radio edit of won't get fooled again is a little nutty who are you's got a radio edit too it's shorter than the out than the album yeah, version they cut out a, a verse for sure yeah. i don't mind that actually i don't i I don't mind that. Who are you to me is not my favorite who song. It's a little long. So I'm fine without that. The three minute I won't get fooled again. It's it's interesting. It used to piss me off, but now I'm like, that's kind of interesting. But I I do miss all the quirky, like quirky, 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 before the drum solo. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two offhand I can think of. I don't do a lot of radio listening. So you know what I mean? I'm not bothered too much. What about you? It sounds like you've got one. Yeah, I've got a couple. I mean, one of them is a McCartney one. The radio, the DJ edit of With Little Luck is pointless to me. Part of the beauty of With Little Luck is the full song and the whole boop, 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 All the weird kind of keyboard stuff to me is what makes the song the song. So the DJ edit of that uh, kind of bugs me. The two that bug me, the radio edit of Marshall Tucker Band's Can't You See? No patience <laughs> for it. You're, you're robbing me of glory. And oddly, Supertramp's Goodbye Stranger, you lose mm. a lot. They cut that song to about half. They cut entire chunks of that song now. Yeah, that would probably bother me because I really like that song. And that's what? It's like five minutes or something on its own? Yeah, the original one's pretty long. And another one that drives me a little because that's slop. There's a sloppy radio edit of Billy Joel's My Life. And that's my favorite Billy Joel song. And the radio edit's sloppy. Yeah, that would make sense. If they can't like slice it properly, then yeah. don't slice it. 
Yeah. So yeah, down with radio edits. You prefer this give piece a chance. I say give us the whole thing. Give us everything. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I say that now having like gone through Plastic Ono Deluxe reissue, where you have it seven different ways or whatever. Tommy Smothers version. <laughs> yeah, right. The Tommy Smothers <laughs> vocal mic <laughs> prominently mixed. Oh, let's listen to this. Everybody's talking about John and Yoko, Jimmy Lee, Romary, Tommy Smothers. Oh, thank God we got that. <laughs> Fine, I'll pay 300 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, hear Jerry Rubin's <laughs> foot stomping higher in the mix. Wow. <laughs> it's worth it. It, it. It's the ultimate mix. <laughs> yeah, so I don't mind hearing 57 seconds of Give Peace a Chance fading into cold turkey. Do you think it's weird? Now, I don't know uh, how this album was put together, but do you think it's weird that no Yoko songs or B-sides were included in this given that the Yoko B-sides were so prominent. I mean, other than Happy Christmas, the Yoko B-sides are so kind of crucial. It just strikes me as weird that this compilation, although I get, you know what, I take that back because every Lennon compilation ignores solo Yoko, ignores Yoko. Yeah, that's, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, I just figured it says John Lennon on there and this is 1975. People still are really mad at Yoko. They're mad at Yoko. They're tucking into bed to watch Chico and the Man at eight, knowing <laughs> Freddie Prinze isn't going anywhere. <laughs> I know things will be better. Oh, yes, they will for Chico and the Man. Yes, they will for Chico and the Man. Well, it seems we're going track by track already here, mm-hmm. TJ. So uh, next up would be Cold Turkey. I've always liked the dirty feel on this song, even though... John Lennon said Eric Clapton choked in the studio on getting the uh, the guitar sound down. Yeah. Choked on Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Not a hamburger, if you know what I mean. No. I'll gladly pay you $2 on Tuesday. <laughs> I'll have a hamburger, for which I will gladly pay you Tuesday. Maybe there's another reason why Eric was choking <laughs> at that session. In uh, 1969? Yeah, this is 69. This is still when he's in the Beatles. That's what I always find very interesting about these uh, first three songs is that John Lennon was still a Beatle during all this. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I always look at uh, on an even par. I put Cold Turkey and Insta Karma a half step below the Family Way soundtrack. No, you're right. You're right. I don't know why some of that's not on Shave Fish. John should have just said, you know what, buddy? You won that one. <laughs> well, that's what's so funny is, I mean, even this grand, the 75, the liner notes. Do you know, Tony, I should know this. Give Peace a Chance was forever listed as being by Lennon and McCartney. Correct. Has that been changed in it has been, recent yeah. years? Okay. Yes. Yeah, they changed it a, a few years back. Yeah. Now it's just Lennon. Now, now it's just McCartney. Now it's just McCartney. Yeah, McCartney Ono. You know what's funny, though, is that during Double Fantasy, when Lennon was working with Rick Nielsen, he said to Jack Douglas, man, Rick Nielsen should have played on Cold Turkey. He would have gotten it right, which I found interesting. Well, if you listen to Rick Nielsen's licks on the I'm Losing You um, demo, 
that Yoko somehow nicks that I prefer to the album version. Sure. It's got that cold turkey, gritty late 60s sound to it. Totally. And then Cheap Trick later covered Cold Turkey in 2001. Oh, and the Hollywood Vampires also covered it. Let's hear some of that. I remember once you saying Beatles... Zeppelin, Hollywood Vamps, who? And you called them the Hollywood Vamps because you saw them enough? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a no, I'm a I'm a bloodsucker. That's what we call Oh, that's, that's right. They're the bloodsuckers. I'm a, that's what their fans are called. Yeah. Holly Weird Bloodsuckers. It's so great to hear them cover come and get it. <laughs> I love you, Paul, but that, that was a rough error for me. What's funny is that cold turkey Lennon offered it to the Beatles at the time, and uh, it was refused. Yeah, I mean, but this is also at a time when there were a lot of things, a lot of the great George stuff was being refused or about to be refused. True. So this is a weird era for weird, glorious solo stuff that was not used by the Beatles. This is not my favorite John Lennon song. I feel this one, and we've talked about this in the show before, I love the primal therapy aspect of the Plastic Ono Band album, but John's kind of withdrawal from heroin and the sounds he makes... Most John Lennon fans disagree with me, and that's fine. Everybody can have their preferences. But like this one to me never hooked me melodically. It's difficult to hear what he's going through. I'd much rather hear Mother or Working Class Hero or Well, Well, Well. This one, this one just doesn't yeah. hook my heart. get that have you ever had really bad food poisoning yeah once i ate some cold turkey and it had me on the <laughs> runs meaning i was pooping day and night no but i think we mentioned this i think in whatever whenever we were talking about this song last time and how there was an assistant for them at the time who said that this song was actually about them having a bad case of food poisoning and it might have actually been from Turkey. Yeah. And that uh, Lennon was like too embarrassed to say it was like a bad food poisoning thing and said it was like withdrawal from heroin. I don't know, man. Right. But we don't know. That's what one, as Elvis said, like the freaks who carry your bags say, you know. Right. <laughs> right. From three different sources I heard I was strung out on heroin. I swear to God, hotel employees, Jack, bellboys. Freaks, you carry your luggage up to the room. People working around, you know, talking. 
maids, and I was sick. I was, you know, I was getting, had a doctor, had the flu, and I got over one day. Was I? But all across this town, I was strung out. So I told him earlier, and don't you get offended, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to somebody else. If I find or hear the individual that has said that about me, I'm going to break your goddamn neck, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, it's another reason not to get a turkey Reuben. Just get a real fucking Reuben. I don't understand. Like, if you're going to eat a Reuben of the sauerkraut and the thousand and the Swiss, get the, get the fucking pastrami or corned beef. There you go. Hard lines with TJ Shanoff. Deli hard lines. Tell it like lines. it is. Yeah, take your number. TJ's got some words for you. <laughs> Untitled Beatles Podcast Exclusive. Exclusive. That pickle ain't free. <laughs> I can always tell if a restaurant, like Jimmy John's is anti-Semitic is they make you pay for a fucking pickle at a sandwich store. <laughs> Give me the pickle. <laughs> Give me the pickle. There you go. There's another t-shirt. Give me the pickle. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Jimmy Pickle. <laughs> Jimmy Pickle. Jimmy Nickel dressed like a pickle. Looking for a tickle. Now that you a pickle with a little slap and tickle, you have to throw the stone to get the pool to rip off. Well, we do have fun here, TJ, but we got to get to the next song, Instant Karma. It's one of my favorite solo Beatles songs of all times. I know I say this quite frequently, but this is another one that this single, I mean, you could find Apple copies in stock, but Instant Karma wasn't reached by Capital in 45. So there was a long time where if you wanted Instant Karma, this is how you had to get Instant Karma was on the vinyl cassette or later CD of Shea Fish. It wasn't like you could just, they didn't, they weren't pressing current Instant Karma 45s after the early 70s. Totally, man. In fact, senior year of high school, I was a teacher's aide for my favorite teacher, Mr. Krasno, he was an English teacher. He was my uh, Dead Poets Society teacher. Like, he inspired oh, cool. me. Good dude. Captain, my captain. Sit down, Mr. Anderson. He was a great guy. I'm sure he's still around. Let's. I have no idea. I've lost touch. Uh, I don't mean to talk about him in the past tense. Anyway, I'm a senior. I'm a teacher's aide. And he was asking me, he was about to do a lesson plan, and he wanted to use instant karma in his lesson plan. And he was like, how do I find this song? I can't, f I went to the record store. I can't find it. And he asked me, I was like, Oh, shave fish. Got to get shave fish. Yes. And the next time I saw him, he was like, Hey man, I went to the record store and you were right. Shave fish. I bought it. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that gives you an idea how cool he was. He was using instant karma to teach kids, high school kids, something. I love that story. So if you're out there, Mr. Krasno, you were number one, man. I hope you're well. Thank you boys. Thank you. Okay, man. Now, they say that this is the UK single mix. Right. And that there is a rumor that Spectre remixed it like days later in LA without John Lennon's knowledge. But I've never been able to hear like any difference between the US mix and the UK mix. I don't know, man. Thoughts? No, I haven't either. And I think the first remix I heard of this was the Working Class Hero compilation from the early 2000s. And then I heard it remixed again right. when the Ultimate Lennon, what was it called a couple of years ago, 2020, that Lennon's remix hits comp that had oh. the 
Yes. It began whatever gets you through the night with an organ glissando yeah. that sent both of us into just... <laughs> Just I remember like that. that. Yeah, I think we called each other. <laughs> it wasn't even a text. Sure it is. Um, we, we were on edibles, so we had to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all the time. Thank you. Thank it was you, 2020 pandemic. after all. Right. Yes, it was. Although that's not really changed for me. Um, yeah. But I, I will tell you that the remix of this that was later, I'm pretty sure it's the same remix that's in the Plastic Ono Band uh, box set is the only way I ever want to hear the song again. So it's difficult. All I know is that initial Shave Fish CD sounded so miserable. I remember being disappointed in how flat and muddy this sounded. So if there was a Spectre remix done, I can't tell you any differences. I just don't know. A lot of people have problems with the sound on, on this song, but ultimately I believe it is what John Lennon wanted. He wanted 50s. He wanted slapback. There's echo on the drums. There's just a lot of echo on it, and it yes. doesn't sound like a George Martin record. It works. It's 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 the best. I I, I got to watch. I don't know. I, I don't want to make a hot take that I can't back up, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's the best Phil Spector produced Beatles moment. The energy, mm. the kind of salute to the late 50s, early 60s that Phil Spector did obviously so well. It sounds like it's meant to be a Phil Spector song, and that's the biggest compliment I can give it. This is calm. It's going to get you. Going to knock you right in the head. Some of the run-throughs and dryer takes out of the reverb, I don't think are as deep or as fulfilling. I totally agree. And this song was all about the immediacy. Uh, we talked about it before, but I think it, it was like from being written to recorded and out in the market, it was like 10 days or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the production. I'm just going to say that. Me I like the production on this and cool. Now, the next one, I agree with you. This to me, Power to the People... This is one I wouldn't have put on there. Maybe Stand By Me. I'm not a big Stand By Me fan, to be quite honest, but I do think Stand By Me is a well, better... you fucking st hate Benny King. <laughs> and Benny Hill. <laughs> no, I, I don't hate Benny King. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I just... I'm not a covers guy. Like, I, I just prefer... I prefer Lennon Originals. And this... Power to the People song was admittedly a quickie. Uh, John Lennon called it a quickie done at Ascot. He said, I make singles like broadsheets. Give my regards to broadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Paul McCartney wrote uh, the, the screenplay on a broadsheet. I had to look that up. So a broadside or a broadsheet is a single sheet of inexpensive paper. <laughs> Hashtag inexpensive paper <laughs> printed on one side, often with a ballad rhyme news and sometimes with woodcut illustrations. So it's basically like a one sheet. I like that. It's uh, inexpensive. This is why I don't sleep with broads. Broads always want a sheet. <laughs> Dice man over here. Oh, oh, hey, when's your next? Are you where are you playing next week? Dice anywhere. There's some fucking. <laughs> Oh. oh! All right, we'll see you in Nursery Indiana. Nursery rhyme here. <laughs> yeah, good old Mother Goose, remember her? I fucked her. Power to the people. He later disowned the song. We have, we've, we've covered, uh, so far we've covered all these songs in previous yeah. podcasts if we're doing deep dishy stuff, but uh, 
I like on the single how he's sporting a hard hat and he's he's putting up like the black power sign or whatever he's doing there. Yeah. I mean, I, I ironically like that. It's like other than that one moment in Get Back where John helps bring the uh, the organ into the studio. I always see John as lazing on the couch and not wanting to lift a finger and being OK with that, being a lazy guy all day. So to see him like in a hard hat and like now he's like suddenly Mr. Union. <laughs> Seems a little false and funny to me. I, I agree with you. And it's why John's favorite song was I Lie Around. His favorite song <laughs> that Paul wrote, because that's what John liked to do. And no, it, it, that's you know, him, I think, in the beginning going like, hey, lovely, lovely, lovely day. As we say, you know. <laughs> yeah. This is the life in the country. Lovely. Come on. Hey, oh. I'm going for a sweat. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's, again, not one of my favorite songs. I mean, this one, for all John's political songs, this one always felt like it's it's good-natured, but if we're going to bash freedom, can we bash power to the people as being a bit cliched, or is that too far? No, I, no, I mean, he disowned it, so I think yeah. it's fair game. Yeah, he was trying to impress whoever it was at the time. I forget the name, but whoever was on the the, the far left doing the... Was it Gabby the, Hoffman or who was it at the time? It was someone else. It was someone else. Here, I'll look it up. Oh, Art there. Carney. I remember John <laughs> being a big Honeymooners fan. <laughs> Here, let me look it up. It was... Uh... Angela Davis? No. Uh... Angela, Angela Bassett. In 1980, he stated that the song didn't really come off as it had been, quote, written in the state of being asleep and wanting to be loved by Tariq Ali and his ilk. Despite this not being uh, a favorite of mine, there are some good players on this. We got John, we got Klaus, we got Billy Preston, we got Bobby Keys, we have uh, Mother Killer Jim Gordon, and Rosetta Hightower on the background vocals, who was uh, the mother of uh, Officer Moses Hightower from the Police Academy movies. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Michael Winslow. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, shit. Eddie's Hightower. Eddie's Hightower. Hightower, you take it easy now. Hightower. Hightower. Don't do that, Hightower. No, 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 no. She, so she was, uh, she was a backup singer. Uh, the Orlans, I think, was the group she was from. She sang backup on Mashed Potatoes by Dee Dee Sharp. And that's her on Joe Cocker's with a little help from my friends. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. So that's the same voice. Yeah. Yeah. And loud sax playing. Bobby Keys. Bobby Keys. Yeah. Tickling the keys. Well, this is an exclusive edit of Mother. Yeah. Clocks in at 503. So you still get the bells that were edited out of the single. 
you get a longer fade than the single, yes. but it's an earlier fade than the album. <laughs> it's a very weird choice for an edit, I believe, only included on Shaved Fish. I don't believe this edit appears anywhere else. Agreed. There's a few exclusive edits on this. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly get piece of chance in a cold turkey. It's the only place you'll find that. <laughs> See? Which Thankfully. is, a, I mean, that's the, to me, that's like a total collector thing. Yeah, hence collectible Lennon. But if you're up for if you're up for this, then you've got to be a Beatles movie medley guy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's been stated. We made our Many own. Times. We made so our good. own alternate. Ed. Yours is my favorite, <laughs> medley. folks. The original Tony movie medley part two you didn't hear is even funnier. I'm glad you didn't ask my advice because I would have said release the long one. Yeah, I had a couple more songs in the. Uh, we we just wanted to keep it a little shorter. See part two of our 1982 episode, number 101B, True Believer. Did you know Barbara Streisand covered this? Mother. What? No. Yeah. Not the like, Pink Floyd version. Mother, do you think they'll try to break my balls? Not the Pink Floyd version, the Danzig version. Oh, wow. <laughs> Barbara? <laughs> Babs. No, she covered Mother and Love on the same record, um, like in the early 70s. So these were like fresh songs. It's, I've never heard those. She's way behind the beat. I mean, it's a choice. Mother, you had me, but I never had you. Because I'm Jewish and a musical theater fan, I must love Barbara Streisand. I've never, like, I don't hate her, but I've never, like, I don't, I've never listened, like, consciously put on Barbara Streisand. It's not my, I think what I love about musicals is, like, hearing the live orchestra and, like, the, the, the energy you can only get in that moment. A Streisand record doesn't convey that energy to me. Well, this is, but you're also a misogynist is the thing, right? Hate chicks. We'll be right back. <laughs> No, love chicks. In fact, use one to have a child. Oh my god! god. I need to go wash my my face. Wash your go wash your face. TJ's gonna wash his face. We're gonna move on. Oh great! Oh great! I can't wait to talk about this next song. You know what? We've already covered the song, but let's. Yeah, we don't need. Yeah. So it's called "Woman Is the Ugly Racial Slur of the World." Yeah. This too is an exclusive edit. This is how I first heard this song. This is the four minute and thirty seven second version of the song. They take out a verse. Right. To me, I think in a way, I think this is why I really liked this song when I first heard it. Uh, I really like the music on the song. As you know, TJ, I'm not a lyrics guy, so I just don't hear lyrics. I never heard the word, you know. <laughs> Your Honor. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but like, uh, 
obviously I heard the word, it's right there in the title. Again, not to belabor it, we have talked about the song in the past. It was a clumsy attempt at uh, a feminist, pro-feminist idea. I still think that ultimately the message itself is a good message, meaning that women are not being treated well and they deserve better is kind of the idea of this, but it gets lost with the stupid word. And I will never defend the use of that word, but I will defend context, Tony. I mean, while the word is abhorrent, clearly John Lennon is not trying to be racist. No, no. The word was used metaphorically. It's a clunky and ill thought metaphor. And it's not a word I'm comfortable saying. No. It does. It does beg the question in 2023. Now, a couple of years ago, they reissued shaved fish on vinyl. It looked exactly the same. But if you're issuing a shaved fish, like a new CD of it, for example, do you put asterisk in the word in the same font now? Or do you still type out that word if you're coming up with a new pressing of this or the Suntime in New York City reissue? Yeah, Is that we'll displayed on the back cover for historical purposes or do you have to put asterisks in there? No, I think you have to put the word because you don't do it for fuck. And I know that's not the same. I'm just saying like. Honestly, man, if we're going to drop this song, we have to drop the song when we use this when we use this like. Do we not play a part of the song that has the word in it? Like, it's such a fucking conundrum. When she's young, we kill her will to be free. Why tell her not to be so smart? We put her down for being so dumb. Yeah. And, you know, context is so important. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite because I love Blazing Saddles. And of course, Blazing Saddles was written by Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor and had Cleavon Little doing those lines. But I don't believe in canceling things that my the eye test tell me aren't meant to be offensive. If they're meant to be satirical, however clumsy or metaphorical, I don't give John Lennon a pass for using the word. I give the past a pass for what he was trying to accomplish. <laughs> yeah. 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 Still, I really like the music in this song. It's, uh, I really like this tune. So it's a saxophone intro. I know it. <laughs> I don't mind the sex on it. Honestly, if we're being honest and sincere, I love this chord progression and the funny time signatures yes. on, at the end that take it out. We make her paint her face and dance. Dun, 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 dun. Extra beat. Yep. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting if this is released as for Record Store Day when they reissue sometime in New York City as a as a forty as a forty five reissue. For a while, Capital paired this on the green Capital forty five, the kind of military green. Right when they were doing like the back to back hits, Stand by Me was reissued with this as the B side. <laughs> well, because it wasn't. Yeah, it didn't chart, but also at the time, like I think people weren't as dare I say sensitive slash uptight slash both about it all slash correct at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That word sucks. 
It's a, it's a terrible word. Why don't we, as an exercise for our loyal fans, if you've been listening a while, you know us. Tony, I want to do an improv thing where we're going to match each other. <laughs> we're each going to name one racial epithet. It can be any race or ethnicity. And we'll let the audience vote on who's the most offensive. Okay. You go first. Oh, okay. Uh... I am a fictional robot. And yet somehow even I can tell this is a terrible idea. TJ, I see you've freshly washed your face. Good thing, because I just flipped the record and we're on side two. And uh, well, that opens with the signature song. Imagine we've talked about this song uh, in the past as well. It's still my belief that this song has kind of transcended even John himself. This song kind of belongs to the world now. Every Beatle has one. For John, it's Imagine. For George, it's Cracker Box Palace. <laughs> I was so young when I was born. And what's the what's the spooky one on on uh, robot Ringo? What is the Ringo's cauldron or whatever? Which one? <laughs> Ringo, where's Johnny? Good night, Vienna. What's Good the, night, yeah. What's the last song? Oh my it's god! Like sound effects or whatever. Yeah, the the blind man of of that one. What's oh, it yeah. called? Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Well, and for Ringo, it's blind man. Of course. Of course. <laughs> So I realized uh, this is something we didn't mention on 70s B-Sides to take a little detour. Blind Man was that was a movie. That was a Western that Ringo was in. So that was like the title cut from Ringo's Western. I've never seen this movie. We should watch that sometime. Yes, we should watch that and hold hands. <laughs> I don't think I can take it. That was Ringo's Paint Your Wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, imagine. What else can we say about it? To me, it's a glimpse into a, a hopeful Lenin without any cynicism creeping in. I like it. Yeah, you could say it's naive and this and that. But when you get down to it, like what he's saying, I think, isn't isn't naive. It's just saying, imagine it. Imagine all the people sharing all the world you do. You may say. It is one of the greatest songs ever written. When you're John Lennon and you've written a hundred of the greatest songs ever written, it sometimes weirdly gets lost in the shuffle, but so many John songs, Imagine, In My Life, Girl, I know I'm a little rubber soul heavy right now, <laughs> get lost in the hits. I mean, Imagine's obviously a hit, but like, sure, there's help, and sure, there's Strawberry Fields, and sure, there's All You Need Is Love, but then... You think about stuff like Norwegian wood. My mind's all rubber soul right now. This is yeah, not meant, man. To be, meant to be intentionally, but like <laughs> that's the thing that is. I, I say this every four episodes, and I'll say it until we stop doing this, Tony. With the Beatles, it's not just about the quality; it's about the quantity of that quality. I can't think of any other act, be it Dylan, The Stones, Marvin Gaye, uh, Stevie, Elvis, Elvis. I don't know Beyonce's catalog quite as well. I know people put Beyonce up there too. God sure. bless that. That's great. People who are more into rap would put like a Kanye or a Jay-Z up there. I understand. But just speaking from what I know, where the Beatles still hook me, Tony, 
is the totality of their greatness together in solo flummoxes me. Like it, it it's so it's so wild that I'm perpetually inspired. Like imagines one of the greatest songs ever written. And is it even in John's top 10? I mean, that's what's so crazy about the Beatles. Hmm. I would say it's probably in his top 10 for sure. Yeah. But I think it's one of those songs like yesterday or whatever that we've heard it so many times. I guess that's what I mean by it belongs to the world, you know, and that's maybe what you mean by like, we don't even think about it. Like, right. We take, we yeah. take the brilliance for granted because yeah. it's in spades. There's so much of it. Well, the next three songs to me are like just a trifecta of my favorite, Mwah. like mid seventies Lennon. I love it. Me too. So whatever gets you through the night, another exclusive edit, this one clock. Oh, really? Yeah. This is it's the shortest. It's like three minutes, three seconds, right? Isn't that what it says? I think the album is 324 and the single is 320. Yeah, you're right. I didn't, I never knew that. It's this clock's in according to my 78 purple capital vinyl. This clock's in the 304. Okay, 304. There mm. you go. Whatever gets you through the night. Shaved fish, more like shaved songs. <laughs> Am I right? Oh, oh! I know he already did that with fish, but that's okay. <laughs> but it, it's like when um, when Billy Joel sings, "He's gonna cut it down to 305 yeah. at the end." The Entertainer is cut what it down did. to three oh four, man. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the night into mind games. I've always loved mind games. Me too. That three note ascending guitar line that repeats over the chord changes. I love that. I'm a sucker for things like that. When you repeat the same kind of, um, whatever you want to call motif? that. Like a, yeah. a motif. You know what I love, Tony? I love when it gets in a reggae rhythm out of nowhere. All of a sudden, it becomes a reggae yeah. song in the choruses. I do love Mind Games. And then right into number nine, Dream. Yeah, to me, that just makes the trifecta of like Lost Weekend Lennon come true to me. I love those three songs all in a row to me. I feel like I'm <laughs> like I'm on a sugar rush. Yes, Lennon. it's like a, being on a Lennon pillow. There's such dreamy, cool songs. And you know what? I, th I don't know if we've ever said this on the show as much as we've talked about Number Nine Dream. The way the tempos change, that kind of starts and stops after the chorus is done, goes back to the next verse. Doo -doo -doo -doo. We're airing this around John, what would have been John Lennon's birthday, so forgive me for a moment, but the genius he was just starting to revisit 
when he came back. Yeah. And he was recording all those songs for Double Fantasy and Milk and Honey. Tony, I feel like the world was just robbed of so much more greatness to come. And that's, that, that honestly, it, it, yeah, man. It, it gets my heart ways that, I mean, obviously Yoko and Julian and Sean were robbed of a husband and a father, but we as Beatle fans and as people who love art were just robbed of this man at only 40. I mean, you don't have to love Double Fantasy or the songs of Imagine Milk and Honey, but you got to recognize he was coming back. In some respects, the Milk and Honey songs hit me more than Double Fantasy because he was getting the Double Fantasy songs out of his, you know, it's almost like when you turn a faucet yeah. on and after there's been like plumbing repair and it's a slow <laughs> drip and then eventually it starts coming back out again. That's what John was doing. Yeah. Just I, 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 I miss him. I miss him on this earth. I was only six when he was killed and I still yeah. feel like I miss him on this earth. That's sweet. I know. I'm also have lost my mind. <laughs> no. I'm a little emotional. No, as well you should be. It's his birthday. Happy 82nd, John. Yeah, happy happy birthday, John. I hope you're enjoying being a fisherman in a overrated <laughs> film. <laughs> well, it does make sense that you're being brought to tears and then you would come up with a plumbing analogy. <laughs> does it though? I've been driven to tears like the police were. <laughs> No, that to me makes this record worth having. Just having those three songs in a row like that, and coming off of Imagine too. Not again. Not yeah. to not to overlook Imagine like we just did. Side two is actually pretty killer. Yeah, especially number nine, Dream. Like you said, that pillow. It's very evocative of dreaming. Uh, especially the strings, the way the strings kind of go in and out. There's something very languid about that. It's like. This song is a big whiff of CBD oil. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. Because I, I snort CBD oil. That's how you're supposed to ingest it. <laughs> you can either snort CBD oil or crush and smoke a Dayquil. Oh, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I'll say with number nine, Dream 2, is like, you know, R.E.M.'s Michael Stipe has admitted many, many times he was not influenced by the Beatles. They had meant nothing to him, which is why when they stopped selling records, R.E.M. covered number nine, Dream, for that compilation in 05. <laughs> a fucking break i love it you're still mad you're still mad at michael stipe about that i do love it i do love it hi makes michael me, we know you know mad. he listens i think he's the one that gave you the two-star review it must have been <laughs> sorry my music's not athens georgia jangling up that's me in the corner i am a hurricane listen to yourself turn shut up Leonard Bernstein. Oh, I I hate Billy Joel's Wait Inside the Fire, but I love It's the End of the World as We Know It. Because you're a poser asshole. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I swear the other one came first. <laughs> fair. Okay, fair. Okay, okay. Found your neck. I know the feeling. <laughs> um... Yeah. Yes. And then the album closes with happy Xmas parentheses. War is over. As someone who hates Christmas music, TJ, this is one of my favorite Christmas songs, meaning I do like this one. It's a good song. Good song. Good message. As someone who loves Christmas music, I love this song, too. Good. I, we'll I, see. I, love, I love this one. <laughs> we can come together on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When this comes on the radio, which will be happening probably any any minute now. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Here in October. Uh, um, yeah, I won't mind hearing it on the radio. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. 
not. It's a great song, and it's some of Yoko's best vocals on record. It's yeah. cool. Like, this is a great duet. And the chorus in the background is so nice. I love kind of the breakdown, the applause at the end. They're all, you know, it, it's it, it's a wonderful, wonderful song. And then it crossfades, a really long crossfade, into a, yes. a, a reprise of Give Peace a Chance. Now, this is not the same one from the single. This was uh, recorded live in 1972 at the One to One concert. Yeah, it's like a funkier version or something. Looks like it sounds like a band, but I, I but I also can't tell if I'm still hearing children singing in the background too, yeah. from Happy Christmas still going on. But yeah, again, an oddity, an odd way to end the record, just as it was an odd way to start the record. Yeah. Let me ask a question: What else would you have if you were going to put some album tracks on? What else would you have fleshed out with this? Well, you mentioned love, definitely love. Yeah. I mean, I would have put Give Me Some Truth on there, but yeah, that's me. Yeah, but that's not just you. I feel like in the years since this came out, it's you have to put Give Me Some Truth and Love on Lennon compilations. Yeah. I mean, it feels unthinkable in 2022 that there's a Lennon compilation in existence without Working Class Hero or God. Oh, right. I mean, aren't those two of the finest John Lennon songs ever written and committed to record? Well, they did issue Working Class Hero as the B-side to the Imagine single in the UK. In the UK, yes, they did, but <laughs> yeah. not not an album track. That's a no. Lennon B-side. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, like, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, were we to rework it? But I also like that those singles are on this record. You know what I mean? Even though I don't, it's not my favorite, I like that Power to the People is on this album. And not lost in obscurity, which is what John seemed to want. He was like, oh, I got to get these out there. The master tapes are gone. I just want to make sure <laughs> these don't die. Well, that's what was happening in the mid 70s. And, you know, this would be John's last release for Capital in the States or Capital's Apple at the time. And then he would this would be reissued by Capital. And then his next new material would be on Geffen. And, and yeah. I think worldwide he was on Geffen. Yeah, this is the last stuff on Apple. Yeah, until it was revived in the 90s or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Did you see on the back cover? There's a quote. First of all, there's an illustration of a package of Lennon brand shave fish. I like that. And Lennon also liked advertisements. I read that somewhere, one of those interviews, how he was like fascinated by advertising. You see it in Good Morning, Good Morning. Yeah. That sort of thing. But there's a quote from Dr. Winston O'Boogie. A conspiracy of silence speaks louder than words. Now, I recently actually, Dr. Winston O'Boogie is also my family practitioner. Nice. And uh, yeah, I told him about these sharp chest pains I've been having, and, and he prescribed me a David Sanborn CD. So, <laughs> so he's your songbird. <laughs> yes. You know, th this is good, and one of the reasons. And look, I don't, I do not want to get political on the show, mm. but. I think part of our disconnect is you won't take the crack attic pillow guy serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the conspiracy of silence <laughs> snores louder than words. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dr. Psycho pillow guy. Jessica say. 
We all know Dr. Winston O. Boogie is one of John Lennon's many pseudonyms. We know that. I'm saying that just so we don't get more two-star reviews. <laughs> yeah, but there, there's that great mashup of Cool and the Gang and John Lennon called Dr. Winston O. Boogie Wonderland. <laughs> We're on the ground and overjoyed. They come on both the same. Don't want to get to you, man. I just want to play good. I heard that was recorded on Electric <laughs> Avenue. Get your mouth shut. And Mike Dicka was the producer. See that? That's your IQ, buddy. Zero. Now in the street there is violence. And then a lot of work to be done. Get your mouth shut. Out in the playground. <laughs> on the dark side of town. Eddie, what are you saying? Oh, at one point he goes, good God. Come to Electric Avenue. You right, pal? <laughs> Happy birthday, John Lennon. 82 you would have been, sir. God, what you could have done, but we've. I'm grateful for what we do have. Shave Fish, first record I ever bought by John Lennon solo, and uh, I think it's a good listen all the way through. Mine was two versions. I'm a real fan. Oy, <laughs> rolls eyes. Um, it's interesting that John Lennon would have been 82 in the 40th anniversary of 1982. Yeah. How about that? That isn't. I mean, we're playing with numbers here, so I have to make sure that my flight coming up is not going to mess up with my numerology. <laughs> well, thanks to our producer, Casey Baker, who's cutting this mess into a, uh, a lovely um, manure pile for you to sniff. <laughs> sniff it! <laughs> On behalf of the Untitled Beatles podcast, Tony, I will say before we go, yeah. uh, there is a version of this that has the manufactured by Capital C1 pressing that's very hard to find. Not oh, really? quite as hard to find as the best of George Harrison has one of those small purple Capital labels from 88. That's super hard to find, but this is also hard to find, and uh, I'm always looking for it. So I do have this on cassette <laughs> with the C4 Capital number with an apple on it like this stayed in print for a while <laughs> it did. but um it's it's become worthless especially like as you you're a guy who loves big chain coffee and starbucks <laughs> issued a lennon comp a few years back that just blows this out of the water <laughs> I don't even know if it does. But no, I mean, Shapefish, it's more than a curio. It's pretty essential to listen to and remember that in 75, if people wanted to hear a lot of these songs, unless you went and got the 45s, you had to hear them on this album. That alone makes this important in the John Lennon canon. Compilations now have I Know and Angela and Working Class Heroes. So this has largely been rendered irrelevant. It doesn't make it any less wonderful. Greatest filler is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Psycho filler qu'est-ce <laughs> Which is French for like and subscribe. Did you know that? Yes, like and subscribe. Untitled Beatles podcast. We're on the Spotify and the YouTube and the Discord and the everything that is happening. Parachutes. <laughs> Movie stars. <laughs> gold. Gold linens. <laughs> gold linens. <laughs> Yeah, just words. <laughs> I used to shop at Gold Linens and things. <laughs> uh, for the Untitled Beatles Podcast, I'm Tony Mendoza. Yeah, I'm out. Untitled Beatles Podcast. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>